Yeah, I, I don't actually date a whole lot lately. Why not? Well, when I'm with a boy I like, it's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. It's not that bad. No, it is. I think boys are more interested in a girl who can talk. That's cute. That's from Buffy. Boys are more interested in a girl who can talk. Now notice, you can talk, if I were talking to her, uh, she, well, we'll just say Buffy's friend can talk very well because who's she talking to freely? Buffy. So she wants to figure out why does she get so tongue-tied around men? Does she not feel ready to date? Does she feel that she's unworthy uh, or that they'll find some dark, deep, hidden secret that does, may not even exist? She needs to build more self-confidence. It's a way they want to know she has a mind. That's why they want to know she talks. And it would be the same for dating a guy. If you date a guy and he says, uh-huh, 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 and never says anything, then it seems like he has no mind. He's just like one of those dogs, the old dogs in the back of the car, where the fake ones, that when you move, the head would bop up and down, but there's no mind there. You you're, you fall in love with the mind of another person and the body too, uh, but you definitely want to know the character of the person. So she needs to obviously gain more self-confidence. Right before the break, we were talking about the little girl, Amy, who unfortunately bites the hands off of every doll she gets. So her grandmother's very concerned and a few things that you can do with Amy um, one is that don't buy her dolls I mean when you're with her I think of getting with my uncle my uncle always brought me over microscopes and science experiments and it helped me discover the joy of looking at pond water under the microscope and growing hydra multi-headed <laughs> headed they're, they're like a a quarter inch little thread in the water, uh, little animals in the water. So, or I don't even know. Uh, you, you can have a lot of fun. My sister, as my, the aunt, um, my kid's aunt, would come over bringing beads and show them how to make jewelry. And so you can have a lot of different activities other than dolls for her that may help her break the habit because one of the things you want to do is to help her break the habit. Also talk with her. Just ask, ask her. You know, help me understand you, Amy. You just bit the hand off of that Barbie doll, Barbie doll you just got. Help me understand that. See if you can draw her out. Maybe nobody's tried to do that before. Maybe they're so busy yelling at her that she's never had a chance to explore her own mind without punishment. Um, you can also see her as more mature. If you can give her a doll uh, and she doesn't bite the arms off, just make a passing comment on that. Not, not, don't make a big deal. Oh, look, you can finally do this. But just make a passing comment. You know, it seems like you're growing up now, honey. Look at how nice her hands look. Let's put nail polish on, <laughs> put nail polish on the doll's hands if you want. Uh, but you really need to know the cause of of what is causing her biting the hands off to know how to design a treatment strategy because a power struggle with her parents is very different from possibly watching the news and seeing henchmen cut off the hands of someone. You also might try getting her Fisher-Price little people. They're little wooden dolls and they don't have any hands. They don't come with hands. So um, you can try some of those and you may be able to help move her away from this big issue of biting the, head, the hands off of dolls. The heads would be a lot worse. Don't forget the possible, possible medical reason. What's that? Uh, insufficient 
plastic in the diet. <laughs> okay, insufficient plastic in the diet. That's um, Harris, my husband, and he helps me out here. Um, right. I also talked about a woman who has size 36D plus breasts. Now imagine waking up every day and these are on your chest. You don't want them there. They're way too big. You can't even get out of eyesight of them. You know, if, if they're on your back, it would be one thing. At least you could ignore them, but they're on your front. So here's her email and see what type of advice you would want to give her. Dr. Kenner, some woman would look at me and want to smack me for being unhappy with the way I look, but I am, and their envy wouldn't change that. I was always a petite girl until the end of high school. My chest has become a very defining feature on me. While I was still thin, the size of my breast did not bother me, but as I gained weight and became more voluptuous, in quotes, I can't get around them. When I looked at myself in the mirror last year, I felt fat and ugly and overpowered by the size of my chest. I was short, chubby, weighed 140 pounds, and had 36D plus breasts. I have a naturally short torso, so the size of my breast must literally take up 40% of my front side. It's hard to imagine how anyone could see me for myself and not just know me as the blonde with the huge chest. I joined a gym and I exercised religiously, focusing a lot of effort on my pec muscles, pectoral muscles, trying to separate or flatten my breasts. When I lean over doing weight training, my cleavage is so obvious. I feel like putting my hands over it to cover it up. I'm so ashamed of it. But I can't wear a t-shirt over my tops because they're restricting and they cause your body to overheat while lifting weights. I already wear two sports bras to restrain my jiggle factor. The girls that do have large breasts that I see have fake breasts, so they're buoyant and they don't make ugly squished cleavage, and their breasts sit much higher than mine. I have friends who say they'd love large breasts like mine, but I tell them they can have them. My breasts don't cause me back pain and I don't get rashes, so insurance won't cover a reduction. My male and female friends say they're beautiful. I don't see it. They're just bulbous things that overpower the rest of me. Sometimes I stand in front of the mirror and flatten them against me to see what I'd look like with smaller breasts. It makes me look more normal and more physically balanced, and I feel happier. I think clothing would fit better and I'd be overall more content with smaller breasts, but I don't have the money to reduce them. Can you give me advice on how to try to live with my body shape? I don't like to wear baggy clothes because I have other nice features, and I haven't tried a reducing bra yet. As I lose weight at the gym, I'd like to think that maybe my chest will get smaller too, but it doesn't seem to be doing that at all. Please help. Carolyn. Carolyn. The first thing that comes to mind is you used to be really petite at the end of high school. And I would say that losing weight makes the most sense. It makes very good sense. You'll likely move down a few bra sizes when you shed, say, 20, 25, 30, however many pounds is appropriate for your height. And that may be enough to make you feel attractive. It'll take a little longer than a breast reduction, but it's well worth it. And you can try whatever a reducing bra is. I haven't heard that term. And also wear clothes that are like optical illusions. They reduce the size of your chest and they, your breasts and it makes you other, it focuses your attention elsewhere on the body. Also, I've had clients that have hated their looks. Their breasts are too small or they're too big. And then they find a partner, a boyfriend, 
who loves the breasts the way they are and the, the they're just head over heels over it and the 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 woman then decides that she can live with them she starts to see them in a different light that's called cognitive reframing you see them you see the same thing but you see it from a positive light and that may happen um, you don't want to beat up on yourself. You use a lot of negative adjectives, squished, cleavage, bulbous, um, rather than having a Rubens look or sensual, uh, you know, the other women you call buoyant in yourself, and, and it may be true, you know, yours are more droopy. Um, so you can try that. The, uh, the third piece of advice I want to give you is why not a breast reduction? I mean, definitely lose the weight because you'll like your shape better if you feel petite again. But why not a breast reduction? And if you can't afford it, what great motivation to earn a little more money? I mean, you can put aside money. If you're close enough with family, you can ask them for your birthday, for, for holidays. Please give money towards this. Set it aside. Save money. It's amazing. My husband bought a motorcycle by saving the money um, from uh, his meal plan at college. He never told his parents to cancel the meal plan, use the money to buy a motorcycle. So if you're motivated enough, you can be creative. You can get a second part-time job or something and just really earn the money to give yourself the gift of a body that you love. Um, I th there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's good. But you want to make sure you, you shop for a very good plastic surgeon. And right after the break, uh, let's see, we've got a call from who? We don't have the name? Mark. Um, and Mark, I'll take your call right after the break. And if, if anyone else wants to call, my number is toll free. 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's toll free. 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. -E -E and we'll speak with the person from Iraq another week. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. If you're all alone, pick up the phone and call. Do you want your doctor to decide what treatment or medicine you need? Or do you want the government to decide what treatment you are allowed? If you would like more information on politics and your health care, visit the website of Americans for Free Choice in Medicine, www.afcm.org. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, The Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke. Understanding where emotions come from will make you a better romantic partner. Sadness is due to the perceived loss of a value. Depression is a more extreme form of sadness which may involve painful loss or the conviction that one is no good, that life is no good, and that things will never get better. Anxiety stems from your appraisal that there's a threat to your values, often involving uncertainty. Frequently, this threat is of a psychological nature, such as a perceived threat to your self-esteem. Fear is your response to the perception of imminent danger, usually a physical threat, or of your perception of the imminent loss of an important value. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com. 